Hello, this is uh, Bishop Christopher Mukwavi, Senior Pastor at Living Hope Church, Pentecost Assemblies of God, Zambia. I want to welcome you to this uh, podcast as uh, you listen to this message. Our goal here is to preach a holistic message that will bring total transformation to our lives. God bless you as you listen to the message. I'd like to welcome you to church this morning. Amen. I also welcome those of us that are joining us, those of you that are joining us on, on Facebook. You are welcome to the service. I'm trying to keep it short. Had a tough week. Had a funeral, then had a flu. But we thank God. Amen. Uh, we... Sorry, I shouldn't have asked you to sit. Did I ask you to sit? No. Let's stand. We read the word of God. Sorry. It's our culture to stand when we are reading the word of God. And I think it's a good culture. We're going to open our Bibles from the book of Acts. Read from the book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 1. Acts, chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. And we will skip to chapter 4 and verse 4. And we we'll also read Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 and 4. Those are a lot of scriptures, but we need to read them. Are we there? One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people, when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. Chapter 4, verses 4 of Acts. It says, But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 to 4. Devote yourselves to prayer. That's verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Shall we pray? 
Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you uh, once again this morning for your word. We pray that, Lord, indeed, you alone, O God, will speak to us in a different way today. Also pray, O God, that, Lord, you will use me as a vessel, O God, as a pencil is to an artist, O God, may I be in your hands. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. We can take our seats. So one day, I went to a certain church. And this man found the man of God there casting out demons from a certain man. And he was busy. Come out in Jesus' name. Then the demon was saying, I'm not going. Come out in Jesus' name. I'm not going. Why aren't you going? This man is supposed to win Lotto. I'm not going. What did you say? This man is supposed to win Lotto. I'm not going. Demon, listen. Then the man said, Demon, listen. Leave him and enter me. Praise the Lord. Amen. You all look intense stuff. I had to make you laugh. <clears throat> Sharing of the gospel is the heartbeat of God. Hallelujah. Sharing of the gospel is the heartbeat of God. God wants everyone to be saved. And therefore, sharing of the gospel is his heartbeat. He wants us to go out there and share his word and share the kingdom. Amen. Many people are perishing, headed for hell, and believers have the solution. Many people that we live around with, many people that we interact with are headed for hell. Some know it, some do not know. Most don't know that they are headed for hell. And we as believers have the solution to that problem. Amen. Believers have been given the mandate to spread the good news of the kingdom of God. Each one of us has been given this mandate to spread the good news of the kingdom of God. It's not only for pastors. It's not only for people who stand in the pulpit. It's for every believer, every Christian. If you call yourself born again, you have that mandate. You have been given the mandate to go and spread the gospel. Christ emphasized the need for recognizing the magnitude of the harvest. That's why he said the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that we may have laborers. Hallelujah. The background of the, of the, of the, of the scripture I just read, this is after the apostles had received the Holy Spirit. Okay? The, the upper room. That story we were talking about last week. They had just received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They were anointed. They received power. And they went living their lives. So one day, they were going to the temple as usual. Okay? 
after the anointing, after being in the upper room, they had this uh, uh, power. And then their way of praying, the apostles' way of praying during this time, during the, during the, 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 the story that we are, we, we are reading, was different from everyone else. It was a new, uh, for lack of better, I would say it was like a new religion. It was a new thing coming into Israel. The Israelites, their religion originally is known as Judaism. That's where you have those uh, Ten Commandments uh, being given to Moses, these ordinances uh, being followed. If someone is leprous, let them be out of the, the camp and so on. So that was Judaism. So most of them, that's the religion they belong to. When Jesus came, they did not even recognize him as the Messiah because according to them, the Messiah that was coming was someone who was going to be a king, who was going to be powerful, who was going to be a macho man, somebody who was going to come and deliver them from, from the hands of the, the, the Romans or the, the Roman Empire. So at this time, when they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, whatever they were doing was very new to them. And even the, the priests would fight them for, 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 for believing in Christ. As far as they were concerned, that is the Israelites, as far as they were concerned, Jesus was Mary's son, Joseph and Mary's son, who was a carpenter. There's no way a carpenter, someone we have seen grow in our own eyes, be the Messiah. You, you, you recall that at some point, they almost stoned Jesus for equating himself to God, for calling himself the son of God. So this is, this is the background of what is happening here. Amen. So most people were still professing Judaism. And so whatever miracle was happening, whatever things were happening, it was something amazing uh, for them. And whoever followed Christ looked crazy to them because, like I said, Christ was just a carpenter's son. This morning, like uh, Brother Chris alluded to already, that my, 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 my theme is open opportunities for the harvest. Amen. I come to you this morning just wanting to show you that there are a lot of opportunities for us to share the gospel. And my point, first point today is every person is a candidate for the gospel. Every human being is a candidate for the gospel. The people you live with need to hear the gospel. You are a guardian. You have people you, you keep. You have your children. You have your helpers. You have maybe your nieces and nephews. They need to hear the gospel. Hallelujah. You have a garden boy. You have been assigned a driver at work. They need to hear the gospel. Hallelujah, somebody. Maybe you are the driver and you drive your boss around. Your boss needs to hear the gospel. Everyone 
is a candidate for the gospel. Amen, someone? No one should be exempt from hearing the gospel. In the book of Acts chapter 10, verses 1 to 47, there's a story of a man called Cornelius. The Bible says he was a devout man. He used to give alms. One day, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. This man was not a Jew. He lived, he was, he was a soldier. He lived among the Jews. But he was a devout man. He feared God. One day as he was praying, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and told him, go and look for Simon Peter, who is staying at Simon the Tanner's place. Hallelujah. While this was happening, Simon Peter also had a visitation. He was on top of the roof praying and God showed him a vision. He fell into a trance and God showed him a vision of staff coming down, different foods, came to him three times and the angel told him, take and eat. And he refused. Say, I cannot eat what is unclean. And the angel said, do not go and clean what God has made. And then he told him, there are men outside looking for you. They have been sent by Cornelius. That's how Peter went to Cornelius' house. And when he arrived there, Cornelius narrated what happened. Peter also narrated what happened. And he preached the gospel in that house. Verse 47, uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 47, the one I've highlighted there, says, excuse me, verse 47, where are you? It's right there. It says, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. Why did Peter say this? He said this because Cornelius was considered an outcast. According to the Jews, Israel was a chosen nation by God. We all know that. So everyone else outside Israel was considered a Gentile, was considered an outcast. There's a covenant that God made with Abraham where he told him that today I establish a covenant with you. All your firstborn, all your sons must be circumcised. Even Abraham himself had to undergo the circumcision. That was a covenant between God and the Israelites. So Cornelius was considered an outcast. You and I were considered outcasts. So Peter was not allowed to go and mingle with Cornelius according to their tradition. And that is why God appeared to him in a vision to show him that even those that you consider outcasts are also candidates of the gospel. And what God did was, while Peter was explaining things to them, he baptized them with the Holy Spirit before they even said the sinner's prayer. He's God. Who am I to question him? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you remember, there's a story in the Bible where Jesus, where a woman went to cry to Jesus and told him, and told him, Master, heal my daughter. My daughter is sick. Jesus answered her and said, I am I'm not to give food meant for children 
to dogs. He actually called her a dog. Hallelujah. Why? Because of their covenant with God. They were known, you and I were known as outcasts. But God has included us. So if God included the outcasts, who are you to choose who to preach the gospel to? Amen? The gospel is not for the rich or poor. It's not for the rich or poor. It's not for whites or blacks. The gospel is for everyone. Everyone needs to hear the gospel. We have had opportunities where we have linked up with people from another nation through our work. Those people need to hear the gospel. Hallelujah. The way uh, President Paul Kagame visited President H.H., H.H. should have used that opportunity to share the gospel to Paul Kagame. That's what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. So that President Paul Kagame goes back to Rwanda with the gospel. He too will share with someone there. That's how we spread the gospel. Hallelujah. I've heard people say, ah, Christianity is an, is, is, is an option for the poor. No. There are a lot of people I know who are rich who follow Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean just because somebody is rich, then they don't need to hear the gospel. What we are not, we, the gospel is not looking at material things. The gospel is looking at the soul. Where are they going to spend their eternity? Most of us have not realized that people are perishing. Some of us still don't believe that there is hell. It is mentioned in the Bible several times. The one that strikes me the most is Revelation chapter 20 verse 11, which says, Then I saw a big white throne. And him who sat upon it. And I saw a multitude of people. And books were opened. And everyone was judged according to what was written in the books. And there was another book which is the book of life. Anyone whose name was not written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Every day, that's my imagination, according to the scripture I've just uh, recited, every day there's a record of what every person on earth does, Christian or non-Christian. Books were opened and everyone was judged according to what was written in the books. Hallelujah. Would you love to see your loved ones going to hell because you did not open your mouth to share the gospel? Would you like to see your children ending up in hell 
because you never shared the gospel. Would you like to see your parents gnashing their teeth in hell because you never opened your mouth to share the gospel? Hallelujah. Number two. Any place is the right place for sharing the gospel. Hallelujah. Some of us want to wait and say, no, when we go to church, that's when we are going to share. Uh, that's when we can share the gospel. Ah, no, this is, this is the wrong place. Ah, waiting. I should start sharing the gospel. Any place is the right place for sharing the gospel. Hallelujah. We're talking about opportunities for the harvest. Hallelujah. The apostle understood the mission and always seized the opportunity. When you look at the scripture we read in Acts chapter 3, this man who was brought to the temple, he was always brought to the temple. Every day he used to be there. But this particular day, when Peter and John were going to pray, he asked for alms from them. And they turned to him and told him, look at us. Silver and gold we do not have. But what we have here, what I have here, I'll give you. What did he have? He had the anointing. He had the power. And he said, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man stood up and began to celebrate. That miracle caused people to look and pay attention to what was happening. The apostles, one of them, is it Peter? He preached the gospel there and then. And chapter 4 verse 11, I mean chapter 4 verse 4 tells us that and their number, to their number was added, they became 5,000. Any place is the right place. Don't even say this is a workplace. I can't share the gospel. Oh, now we, now we are at the sports field. We can't share the gospel. Any place is the right place to share the gospel. You see, Jesus tells us to be as shrewd as serpents and as humble as doves. There's always a way you can connect any conversation to the gospel. As long as you want to share the gospel, you will share the gospel. Hallelujah. You jump on a plane, you jump on a bus, you jump on a taxi, you can share the gospel. Any place is the right place. Hallelujah. Are we together? The apostles understood that it was a matter of life and death. I quoted John 3 verse 16 which says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, should not die, but should have eternal life. They understood that those who don't believe in Jesus will die. Hallelujah. They will perish. They understood that. We should also understand that there is life after death. After the physical death, there is life. 
One day, each one of us will give an account. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They shared the gospel anywhere as long as there were people. Hallelujah. Wherever they saw people, they took time to share the gospel with them. That is why Paul, he's even telling the Colossians in chapter 4 verse 2 to say, be committed to prayer. Pray for me also that God may open doors for me to share the gospel. Hallelujah. And that I will not only share the gospel, but my, I shall have clarity as I share the gospel. Amen. In Acts chapter 16, uh, verse 13 to 16 says, On the Sabbath, we went outside the city, city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. Verse 15. Verse 15. When she and the members of her household were, were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. There's something we have skipped there. Can we go back to verse 14? Sorry, today there's only one man operating there. So we bear with him. So, one of those listening was a woman named Lydia, dealer in purple, cloth from the city of Theatira, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Okay, we just end there. So what I'm trying to, to say here is, they were going to pray. Then they saw women seated by the river. Then they decided to speak the word of God to them. And note that the, one of the women that's being mentioned there, Lydia, the Bible says she was a worshiper of God. She was a worshiper of God, but she did not know Christ. Yesterday, when I was, when I was at the graveyard, uh, we had Pastor Chris Mlapani uh, preaching a sermon. Then I whispered to him. The, the, the young man we were, we were burying is from, we used to go to, to, to Catholic. So I whispered to him. I said, you know what? Most people think going to church is going to save them. What will save you is having a personal relationship with Christ. Lydia was a worshiper of God, but she did not know Christ. After Paul shared the gospel with her, she accepted the message. What is my point? Just because your neighbor goes to church, just because someone comes to this church does not mean they know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Does not mean they are born again. Does not mean they are going to be saved. Hallelujah. That's where prayer comes in. That's where discernment comes in. Amen, somebody. I'm reminded of, I'm reminded of someone who says, don't be like a signpost which shows people the way. 
but does not get there itself. Hallelujah. There's a signpost by the corner there saying, Living Home Church, it shows you the arrow, and says 200 meters. But that signpost has never been here. So it's there. Don't be like that signpost. Busy talking about Jesus, and yet yourself, you're not headed for heaven. That's what I mean. Amen, somebody. Are we enjoying the word of God this morning? Or the chairs are hot because you don't share the gospel. Number three, use miracles and significant events to harvest. Hallelujah. Use miracles and significant events to harvest. Pray, be in the spirit, walk by the spirit. And then when you see a need, like the apostles saw a need of a man begging by the, by, by the temple gate, they were already anointed. They were actually going for another prayer meeting. They find this man and say, Shuvah and God I don't have, but what I have here I will give you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the man rose up and walked. walked. Hallelujah. And when people saw that man, because that man was known in the city, they knew that this man doesn't walk. They knew that this man is crippled. But they saw him jumping, praising God. It drew their attention. That miracle caused attention to be drawn to that man. And that man said, these two are the ones who have done this for me. And Peter said, do not be surprised at what has happened. And he began to preach the word of God. He began to explain about Jesus to them. Those people in authorities were not happy. They came and got the, the, the disciples, went and reprimanded them, told them, why preaching in this name? Said all sorts of things, took them out, called them back, warned them not to preach in the name of Jesus. But what happened? Because they preached the gospel, their number grew to about 5,000. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every time there was a miracle, the apostles would share the kingdom. Every time there was a miracle, they would use that opportunity, including Jesus himself. When he did the miracle, he would talk about the kingdom. Even us, these miracles, these signs and wonders that God gives us, they are not for us. They are not for us to start boasting, to say, I think I won't send one because me, when I come, you come with all that pomp and you, you, miracles happen. They happen for a reason. They happen to draw men to God. So when you perform miracles, when you perform signs and wonders, you are going to have opportunities to preach the gospel. Can you imagine you walk at Woodlands shopping mall there? Then you find someone who is blind and they are asking for money from you. And then you tell them, let us pray. And their sight is restored. Do you know what is going to happen? There's going to be commotion. And people will come and draw near and say, what has happened? The person who's healed is the one who's going to say, I was blind, now I see. Then you start also preaching the gospel there and then. One time I went to the passport office many, many years ago. 
I found this this guy. Uh, he looks like a cowboy, not very clean. He looks like he was one, one, one from one of the, the, the compounds, the shanty compounds. And he started talking. It was very early in the morning. Because those days, getting a passport, you had to wake up as early as 04 to be in the queue. So this guy, we are in the queue. He begins to preach the gospel. He starts preaching the gospel to us. I looked at him. In my heart, as a human being, I'm like, I'm better than him in terms of the way I look. But he's preaching the gospel. And he made me laugh when he said that, Crusade, what crusade? posters. Hey, come for a crusade. There will be miracles. Crusade in Kumanda. I said, Ah, praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he realized, he knew, at least him, he knew that you can use significant events to harvest. We should use every opportunity. To display the power of God. Use every opportunity to display the power of God. First Corinthians chapter 4 verse 20. Says for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. But of power. Some of us talk too much and have little to show for it. Jesus can heal you. Okay. Pray for me. Ah, you are telling me Jesus can heal me. Now you are telling me that for the bishop to come to go and pray for you. No. You have received power. You have the anointing. Lay hands on that person. And when they receive their healing, preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Are we together? Demonstrate the power of God. Amen. I don't know uh, what the definition of demonstration is in, 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 simple, in simple terms. It's to display. Hallelujah. I have heard Christians, I have heard Christians condemning men of God who display. But the Bible there says about demonstration of the power of God. Removes his jacket, someone is coming and someone falls. That's demonstration. When I look at home, I'm watching, I'm like, I think you walk in church, it happens to you. I remember many, many years ago when I was at Zamim, we were doing, a, we had a revival meeting. What did we call it? We invited a man of God from Bread of Life. And then, when he came, most of my classmates said we are attending this revival meeting. Then our, our patron, who was our IT teacher, our lecturer, began to pray. He was an elder there. And he began to, to pray for people on the line. Then one of my friends, or should I say one of my classmates, decides to go and stand in the line and tells himself, ah, his name is Mr. Mutel. Then he even stood made the stance. <laughs> when Mr. Mtelo came, just touched his forehead. The way he fell, he didn't understand even himself. 
He tried to get up. He fell again. Hallelujah. After the meeting, he came to me. I said, mm. But yesterday, actually, he said, but by Friday, that was Monday morning, but by Friday, he just touched my house. I didn't understand. said, trust in God, my friend. God is Demonstration. It's not about talk. It's about power. Amen. Whenever there were festive events, the apostles used them to share the gospel. Remember the day of Pentecost. They shared the gospel. Jesus went to a, one time Jesus went to a festive and he said, come in, in John chapter 9, uh, is it John chapter 7 verse 38. Anyone who is thirsty, let him come and drink. So they utilized events. They utilized those festive, festive events to share the gospel, to share the kingdom. When it's Easter, let's use it to share the, the kingdom. Christmas, let's use it to share the kingdom. If you have a funeral in the family, like we had, it brings people you haven't seen in a long time. Share the gospel. Amen, somebody. If it's a wedding, share the gospel. Some of you are saying, how can you share the, the gospel at the wedding? People get to my cup. Order, order, order. I just want to propose a toast. Even you, after they are finished, also get yours. I just want to share the gospel. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's use these significant events, birthdays. Today is Brother Chris's birthday. Hallelujah. We can use it to say, Chris, let's celebrate your birthday. Let's invite. Let's invite your mother. Let's invite, let's invite your uncle. Let's invite your what? Your what? Your what? They come. They don't know that we are trapping them so that we share the gospel for them. Then they are coming for a birthday as we have an agenda to share the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. Opportunities to share, the, to, to harvest are there. They are plenty. They are everywhere. I was telling people in the, in the first service to say, when I was, when I was at, uh, uh, in the boarding school at secondary school, I used to think, when I leave this place, I'm going to share the gospel everywhere I go. I'll make sure everyone hears the word. Little did I know that where, where I was was easier than out here. Because where I was, everyone was inside, put in one place. And God gave me a privilege to become a prefect. So sometimes I had the opportunity to go when I'm on duty. I just stand on one platform and tell everyone to be quiet and give announcements, and pray, and we eat. I should have utilized those. Say, before we pray, I want to say something. Hallelujah. One time, uh, assembly. We used to have our assemblies on Monday. And then, <clears throat> uh, we were only allowed to read the verse, and then you hand over to the head, headmaster. So that day they told me, you are going to read the verse. I went and prayed and fasted. New Monday is coming. I'll be reading a verse. 
I went into prayer and fasting. And I told myself, that will be assembly. The whole school will be there. I am going to preach. It was illegal. We're not allowed to preach. We're only allowed, allowed to read the verse. The Catholics and the SDAs would sing. After they sing, then uh, someone goes, someone from Scripture Union goes, they read the verse, and then they pray. They go and sit down, then the headmaster comes. So I went and prayed and fasted. Say the whole school will be there, including teachers, they'll be there. I prayed for the whole school. I went, Monday came. The verse God gave me was first John chapter one, verses eight to ten. And I stood there a bit shaky, telling myself, today. And I read the verse. Do you know what it says? It says, if we say we have no sin, we make him a liar, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is just and able to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, I stood there. I read that verse. And then the Holy Ghost told me, go and sit down. I said, but I'm supposed to preach. Go and sit down. I got and said, thank you. I, I said, let us pray. And when I, when I said, let us pray, I told them, we are going to say the Lord's Prayer. And everyone was, our Father, who art in heaven. Amen. You know how the boys are. Everyone, And the door, the headmaster came. Everything the headmaster said, he alluded to the scripture. Like our friend said, You, you, he says something, say, like our friend said in the, that word that he read, we need you boys. You need to change your ways. And I'm like, God, now you are preaching through the headmaster. Praise the Lord. Opportunities are there. Amen, somebody. I'm just going to ask you to stand. Know that everyone needs to hear the gospel. Everyone is a candidate of the gospel. Let us use every opportunity we have to share the gospel. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, O God, even for your word this morning. Thank you, O God, even for what you have done in our hearts. Help us, O God, be a people that are going to share the gospel that are going to find every opportunity to share the gospel. Make us, oh God, like Paul was, that wherever he went, whether it was before Caesar, whether it was before Agrippa, whether it was before women just washing by the riverside, he made sure he shared the gospel. May we be such people that will preach the gospel on the roadside, on the buses, at our workplaces, in the boardroom, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, those of us that have the, the positions of influence, and may we use those positions to share the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. My prize, this message really encouraged you. It is my hope that you look forward to listening to the next message. God bless you.